You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. We are back on The Pipeline Show. We're going to continue on with our uh, month of uh, speaking with women in hockey. It's an in-the-dub segment as well. This one brought to you by our friends at dubnetwork.ca. Stay up to date on everything happening around the world of the Western Hockey League. Uh, bookmark it. Subscribe to get your daily dose of the dub at dubnetwork.ca. My guest today, the Director of Communications for the Tri-City Americans. Her name is Mary Gates. Mary, welcome to the Pipeline Show. How are you? Good. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, and thanks for doing this feature throughout the month of February, featuring different women throughout the sport, too. And that's really cool. Well, I appreciate that. And and uh, I, I just wanted to get a different perspective on things, because uh, most of my guests are, are men, but the uh, women that I do get on on a regular basis always bring another uh, level and another perspective to the show, so I wanted to do that more, uh, and I think there's interesting stories out there. First, let's talk a little bit about the hockey, and uh, you're with the Tri-City Americans. Obviously, uh, uh, the season hasn't gone as according to plan, and or maybe it has. Uh, at the start of the year, I think a lot of people expected the, the Americans would be out of the playoffs. I know I actually picked the Americans to be in the playoffs, but now just kind of playing out the string, and what's, what's the mood like around the team right now as you kind of uh, start... Uh, getting experience for next season at this point? Uh, obviously, it's been a pretty tough season. You want to be winning. You see our coaches and our players working hard every day. And so it's frustrating not getting those wins for them and for everyone. But there's so much looking forward to. Like we have such strong prospects coming up. We've had you know, a few different AP players come up. We, um, you know, having Rhett Melnick come up and join our team. We'll have Jake Sloan joining us this week throughout our trip through the central division and those are extremely talented players that we're going to be hearing from for years to come in the league and so while we're not in the position we want to be in now I think everyone on the team realizes what's coming and there's a lot of excitement looking forward to that. Mary in your position your role uh, as the communications director for the team uh, you get to know the players on a different level than certainly fans do and even broadcasters do and for that part, I, I'm not as close, you know, with the Edmonton Oil Kings as as uh, the, the people who work for the team are. Certainly, what strikes you about the the guys that come through the WHL, come through uh, Kennewick, Washington, to play for the Americans? Is there, did you have a preconceived notion of what the the players would be like? That's different than what it is in reality. Now that you've got to know them, I think so. I grew up watching WHL hockey and some of the time I was really young so you always have this idolized vision of what these players are like mm -hmm. and once I got working with them I, I really realized they're such sweet humble kids almost I want to call them all so you know they grow up and they're older but you get them from the time they're so young you really do see them as kids it's hard sometimes when you have a Mark Lajoie who's 6'4 and 220-ish pounds something like that and Jaden Platt's another big guy Brian McAndrews I mean, these are giants, but they're also kids, and they look like men, yet you got to realize there's still some of them 17, 18 years old. Yeah, I mean, you see them out in the hallway doing goofy things throughout the day, but yeah. it's also always so impressive and striking to me like, how professional and mature they are while still being like that young age kids. Um, after the trade deadline, we went through all of that, you know, trading our captain, Kyle Olsen, and Beck Warm, who I can't even describe to you like, what type of leader he was to our team. Uh, and you see Sashi Mattala and Connor Bouchard step up in this position that's, you know, very sudden for them to be younger guys, having to lead this team in a position they really hadn't had to be in to that extent before. Mm -hmm. And their ability to do that is 
very impressive. So. Oh, that's a great point, uh, and certainly uh, Beckworms fit in well with the Oil Kings, uh, so is uh, uh, Sam Stewart, and uh, of course we've uh, enjoyed uh, having um, a Riley Sawchuck all, all season long leading the team in scoring, right, yeah. uh, three guys who were a big Beth piece. Beth and Riley are actually really good friends. When they were in Tri-Cities, they were billet brothers, so it was oh, kind of yeah. nice to kind of move back in and see him go back and be with Riley Sawchuck. It was kind of cool. Nice. Um, who's the arch rival for the Tri-City Americans uh, as, a, as a hockey team? Maybe the fan base would feel that way, too. But uh, from a hockey perspective, who's the, the arch rival? Is it Spokane? I mean, yeah. I mean, you're right when we say Spokane. That goes back before decades, before any of our players or anything. It's really Spokane. But so much over the years, from our players' perspective, we've been so competitive with Everett. Yeah, right. Growing so, that rivalry is growing so much, especially with you know, the Western Conference final two years ago, all of that, that's pretty there. But Spokane is just has the history with Spokane is so deep that that will always be number one there. So Well, it's funny when you look at the the standings in the U.S. division, there's really, uh, it almost looks like the playoff format is, is basically set almost in the entire uh, Western Conference, a couple of seedings maybe to figure out in the B.C. division. But, I mean, most years you could talk about playing a spoiler role, but it looks like the teams that are above the the Americans uh, in the division right now are kind of almost locked into position where they're going to be. Yeah. Uh, still, when you, you you get a chance to play against Spokane or Everett or Portland, it's pretty easy to get up for those games, isn't it? Yeah, I think we still play Everett, Everett like four times this year, Spokane three more times this year, and I think Portland two more times this year. Like yeah. our season is heavy loaded with games against them for the rest of those years, and you know even in the position that we're in right now, like there's so much passion in those games. I really think you can see the boys show up for those games every day, and you never really know what's going to happen in those. Mary Gates is my guest. She's the director of communications with the Tri-City Americans of the Western Hockey League. Uh, Mary, tell me about the uh, the hockey culture in the state of Washington or the Pacific Northwest as a whole. It's not just the WHL. There's a, a BCHL team there as well. and um, So there is hockey there, but how strong of a grassroots sort of feel is there for the sport, or is that still growing? The Pacific Northwest in general just has strong sports fans. Like They love sports, and hockey is a huge part of that. It is different than other parts, um, especially in Canada, of course, and even other parts of the United States where there are NHL teams. Like For me, I grew up in Oregon, and I never watched NHL hockey growing up, but I watched WHL hockey. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I followed the league very well, but there was no NHL teams around. And so until I saw, um, I was going to college in Portland when the Winterhawks won the um, what was it, 2012 championship. Right. And so when, when I started, you know, watching NHL like more strictly and heavily when you see the players you watch in the WHL go up to that level, but it really does start at the Western Hockey League because, or, and um, like you said, the Wenatchee Wild is here as well. So there is a strong presence of junior hockey in Washington and with the Winterhawks in Portland. So it's significant, but it's, it, it definitely comes from that junior hockey level. And um, I think having NHL Seattle here is just really going to help grow what's already um, settled in the state. So it, was your first favorite team in the WHL actually the Portland Winterhawks? And do you have to keep that uh, a tight-lipped secret? No, I've actually always been an American fan. Oh, really? I'm not just <laughs> Yeah. So. Oh, well, that's funny. Um, now, 
what we've seen anywhere the NHL goes, it takes maybe 10 years or so, but we start seeing the grassroots uh, movement for hockey in those locations really start to develop. And, you know, it happened when Gretzky went to L.A. and suddenly there were two new NHL franchises there. And we're seeing it in Dallas and we're seeing it in Arizona where now we're seeing players coming from those markets. How long until we start seeing that a lot more from the state of Washington or even Oregon? I mean, I... I think it, ha- it might actually be sooner than we're thinking. Yeah. The WHL is doing such a good job of having a work, building a working relationship with NHL Seattle and really trying to increase recruiting th- to the States, which they've been doing for years. But you know, now we have um, the first WHL U.S. Challenge Cup that's being held this weekend in Kent. Mm-hmm. And then that and then the new um, U.S. draft coming up in March. And these are substantial efforts by the league to make that happen. And I think we'll be seeing like those players come up sooner than than we have in past expansions. There's already you know hockey established. There's already talented players growing, and as those efforts are being put in, it might not be ten years before we're seeing more of those guys in the Western Hockey League. Yeah, I think there's a bit of a head start already for the Pacific Northwest compared to Dallas and Arizona. Uh, and maybe even Vegas, uh, by example. Um, Mary, how'd you get into uh, where you are now? What's uh, let's talk about your career path a little bit. Uh, you mentioned you were going to school in in Oregon. Um, was that to, uh, to whatever you were taking there? Did that directly uh, relate to what you're doing now? Yeah. So um, I was studying digital media communication and PR, and I never really planned on getting working in sports. I was just a hockey fan. So I moved to Tri City after. I graduated college and I got in touch with the team and I was just like, Hey, like, can I kind of help you guys out with some stuff? And I really didn't plan on fully going down that path at the time, but I started doing some internship work with them for a couple years and I loved it. And I was just picking up more work with them and couldn't get enough. I was just involved and had all sorts of ideas and it really led to just the point where um, it became, it was surprising, but a clear decision that that's what I wanted to do with my career. And I'm really enjoying it. I would like to maybe work in the NHL someday, and um, we'll see. I'm not in a hurry to move. I <laughs> enjoy working with the team. I enjoy working at the team now, and I'm pretty committed to helping see growth with Americans over the next couple of years. We've been doing well business-wise, which is exciting. I'm excited to be there. Be nice if we could get you guys a new rink. I know uh, Bob's been uh, looking to to do that, and I, I think there were renovations yeah. not that long ago as a. Uh, sort of a happy medium, but um, no. I, when I want to get Bob Torrey on the show or when I want to get Sasha Mutala or any other player, you're the person I called it to set that up. Outside of that, for the benefit of the audience that might not know the ins and outs, uh, what what does your uh, job entail? What do you do on a daily basis? Small office, so there's a lot of different varied parts of that, but all of the hockey PR, so you know, you think press releases and media engagements, which um, goes beyond just scheduling interviews. Um, I do that. I do all of our social media. Um, I also do a lot of um, advertisement. We do a lot of TV advertisement. So scheduling all of that, budgeting that. Also just a lot of PR, getting our marketing out there and um, coming up with new promotions and ideas and trying to find ways to grow our business and our organization. When I look at, uh, and I've been, as I mentioned, I've been doing uh, chatting with uh, ladies in the sport for the last uh, three or four weeks now, uh, in the WHL, in fact, across the Canadian Hockey League, 
the, the the area where I find women the most involved with hockey is doing what you're doing in in uh, communications with teams. Um, is there something about that specific job that fits well for ladies, or is that kind of the job in hockey that uh, is maybe most accessible for for ladies? Do you have a thought on that? I think working in on the business side of hockey is definitely the, the most accessible for women. But we, as we've seen, like hockey, women's hockey growing over the past few years, like, I think you'll see a lot more women working in the hockey operations side of the business as well. I mean, you think about Olivia Howe working as a coaching assistant in Moose Jaw, and that's just one example of, of that. But as hockey continues to grow, I think we'll see it manifest as more and more women working in our league over the next decade. And that includes more women working in the hockey ops side. We see that a lot in the NCAA, which makes sense because women play NCAA hockey. And so that translates a lot more to them of working directly in that league. And um, I think we'll see that in the Western Hockey League as well. It just takes time. Now, at this point, it's still a pretty male-dominated uh, sport uh, on and off the ice. As a woman, have you had any hurdles that you've had to clear? Or do you find yourself having to prove your... Uh, I don't know, your legitimacy, I don't know, for lack of a better term, but uh, that, that you belong, that you can do the job. and, and Because you're, it's not hockey operations that you're in, but that doesn't mean that it's not a challenging job. And it's uh, there might still be uh, guys out there, old school guys, that uh, look down on a woman or something. Have you ran up against any obstacles like that? You know, I've had an incredibly positive experience in the Western Hockey League since I've been here. Our office is like very... Almost exclusively female outside hockey ops and our broadca- uh, broadcaster Craig West, and so I didn't realize like how male dominated the league was until I started traveling and I I went to a lot of away games last year and I remember the first away game I went to I walk in the press box and there's a lot of people up there and none of them are women mm-hmm. and that was my first moment that I was like oh I don't you know I'm not do I fit in here like I don't know I was a little nervous there was definitely nerves there and. I traveled around the league more, did more of our away games, and I met more people, and it was really just nerves. Like, nothing, I never had any negative experiences. Everyone has been so overwhelmingly friendly and um, inviting, and I really have felt part of the Western Hockey League community uh, early on. And But there are those nerves, and as I've traveled around the league, I have had a few different uh, women come up to me who are working in, like, internship positions, and they come up to me and say, Oh, you know, it's nice to see another female up here. Like, I don't, there's no women that work in our office, or it's just so nice to see someone else. And when I talk to them, I hear the same thing from them that they have like these initial nerves that make it kind of hard to put yourself out there and want to be in that position. Hmm. Um, so it's good to see that women come in and have an interest in that, but um, it can be intimidating for sure. Well, it's good to hear that the, your experiences personally have been very good, and, and maybe uh, people will hear that and. Uh, maybe be encouraged to to give it a shot and get into uh, the sport a lot more. I agree with you. The, the press boxes are uh, fairly void of, of ladies. In fact, the only journalist I can think of was Annie Fowler, who was right in Tri-City, but she's not covering the team anymore because the paper's not uh, uh, running anymore. Um, at least that's my understanding. So uh, I'd like to see more female journalists uh, covering the sport uh, as well, but we don't have that. Uh, at the moment uh, around the WHL. Uh, Mary, uh, listen, I really appreciate your time. I enjoyed the conversation and uh, certainly wish the the team the, the best of success uh, playing out the string here this year and uh, into next season. Thanks for doing this. Thank you very much.
That was Mary Gates, the uh, director of communications for the Tri-City Americans of the uh, Western Hockey League. The uh, Americans were uh, on the road and in swift current, and that's where she joined me from um, yesterday, and the Americans uh, with a big victory uh, over the Broncos uh, in that one. And uh, the media person for the teams doesn't often travel uh, on the road, but but I spoke with her before we started recording the interview and said she uh, definitely wanted to tag along for this trip that they're on. Now, 5-1 the final yesterday in Swift Current, uh, that one in favor of the Tri-City Americans. Interested to hear your thoughts on uh, some of the stuff we talked about, whether, you know, that role for hockey teams is, uh, I think it's becoming more and more uh, populated by uh, females, which I don't know if it's a good or bad thing. I don't think it matters, really. Uh, But I wonder if it's the most accessible uh, job uh, within hockey for ladies. I mean, there's not a... We had Olivia Howe on, as she mentioned, and that's great. Uh, there's a coach now, but there's not a ton of those coaches uh, out there that are, you know, breaking down the door and forcing their way into uh, coaching male hockey. I did have a conversation uh, via uh, text messages with another female coach that's coaching in U Sports, that is coaching on a men's team. Um, so it, it it's starting, but I wonder how long until we see, you know, on the bench coaches, maybe head coaches. I'd still like to see uh, ladies doing color or broadcasting uh, and doing play-by-play. But listen, I understand it's the guys who have played, and uh, quite often color analysts are former players. I I understand that. I just like having a different voice uh, sometimes in the broadcast instead of just all guys all the time. Anyway, one more week to go in the the month, and so not that I'm going to stop talking to women after February, but uh, two more ladies lined up for next week's show already. Uh, one covering the Ontario Hockey League or working actually within the OHL, and another uh, south of the border who you have heard on the Pipeline Show over the years uh, several times uh, talking college hockey with uh, her next week. I'll tell you who those uh, ladies are at the end of uh, today's episode. But up next, we will uh, continue. We'll stick in the WHL, but huge news this week in the dub with the Kelowna Rockets hosting the Memorial Cup, firing their head coach a a month before the end of the regular season. Larry Fisher, he uh, is in Kelowna. He's going to join me next. Set the stage and uh, tell us what's happening in the Okanagan right now. That's next here on the Pipeline Show. Hi, this is Luke Shun of the Kelowna Rockets. Hey, it's Madison Bowie. Miles Bell. Nick Merkley. Hey, I'm Leon Dreisaitl. Hey, it's Tyson Bailey. This is Mitch Wheaton. Hi, this is Tyrell Goldburn from the Kelowna Rockets, and you're listening to the Pipeline Show. Rocket Ready to play a little hooky? Cut out early and enjoy great Western Hockey League action with Hockey Hooky this Tuesday at Rogers Place. Kick your day into overdrive with the Edmonton Oil Kings this Tuesday morning for an 11 a.m. puck drop against the Winnipeg Ice. You're not going to want to miss this. Oil Kings. Ice. Hockey Hooky this Tuesday at 11. Great family entertainment at Rogers Place starts at just $20 a seat. Save on Dave game pricing now at oilkings.ca. 